Here's Stan Warren Luttrell. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Finding Hope Podcast. We are, have reached episode number 20, believe it or not. And we're going to have a great guest this week, as we always do. But this week's guest is Scotty White. But before we get to that interview, we must tell you that our podcast is available through the Anchor platform, as well as through Apple and Google and Stitcher and TuneIn. And of course, don't forget you can listen using the Alexa device if you have one of those. And remember, you can donate to the podcast through Anchor.fm, as well as you can also make a donation to Rogue Retreat. If you're buying from Amazon, make sure you use the Smile program through them and you can Good morning, everybody. It is time for episode 20 of the Finding Hope podcast. And our victim this week is Scotty White. And we're going to hear about his story, or at least that, uh, that part that he can tell, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> And so basically that, you're saying you want to keep it appropriate. Yes, but we want to keep it appropriate for all the little youngins out there and all those people that have, you know, yeah. innocent ears, so I don't know who they are. But anyway, we digress. So we're going to hear about Scotty's story. And since you've known him for a lot longer than I have, Matt. Oh, we have Matt Boulder-Strauss here. And he's going to ask the first question. All right. Oh, wow. Well, Scotty, thank you for um, agreeing to be part of the podcast this week. Um, the latest victim. The latest yes. victim. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Um, you know, and typically, I mean, this will be a little bit different than what we've done because typically um, our podcast have been very Rogue Street centric with mm-hmm. um, former staff that also were alumni. Mm-hmm. But you are part of Foundations for Recovery, which as of this year is a brand new part of Rogue Retreat. Exactly. And, and Foundations for Recovery has been out there for a while, though. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is? And what you do? Um, I've been with uh, found Foundations for Recovery for about six years, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit more than six years. <clears throat> it's been uh, kind of my saving grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, like I was talking to Stanley earlier, out there in the in the waiting room. <laughs> you, well, let's call it the green room. <laughs> I was waiting out there, and uh, like I told him, I'd been doing construction for well over thirty years, and and uh, and about six and a half years ago, I had a heart attack, and the doctor basically said you'll never work again, and so I was kind of like stuck, but I've been in a twelve-step program for since uh, two thousand. And in the twelve step program, in the twelfth step, it talks about being of service mm-hmm. and giving back, mm-hmm. and uh, that just kind of like glided me right into doing what I do. Yeah, you know, it's just being of service. How did you feel when before we go touch you more on what you're doing? Mm-hmm. How did you feel when your doctor said to you what he said? You know, after your heart attack, I I was devastated. Just absolutely devastated, because mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> with anybody, you, you know, you put them in a room, especially men, you put them in a room, and you 
within five minutes, it's like, so what do you do for a living? And that's how you identify yourself, sure. you know? And, because uh, yeah. I used to be Scotty the painter, and now I'm Scotty the don't got a job. <laughs> 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 and no, no future for it, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And it was like, uh, but um, I'm a man of faith, and that, that, was, that came on in the hospital, you yeah. know? Uh, that's probably what held you together that's exactly what held me together and uh, so my son said something to me Uh, he was I think 17 at the time that this happened and he said uh, you used to because I was having an identity crisis you know I was having I was feeling really depressed and not knowing what was what I was going to do and he said uh, well he said how did he put it he said, uh, you're no longer Scotty the painter, you know, you're uh, Scotty my dad mm-hmm. and a child of God. And he doesn't remember saying that to me, but it was just like from his lips to my ears, you know, and to my heart. Yeah. So that's that's what kind of lifted me up. But finding foundations for recovery, it kind of went like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I met... Um, everybody there at Foundations for Recovery, mm-hmm. I was just like, what can I do? How can I do it? And let me be a part of this, please. Yeah. How much time lapsed between the, you joining Foundations and, and the the life the life change that occurred? Uh, about four months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three, yeah. three and a half months. But it was like, and I found a couple other uh, avenues, and it just, I just got... When they were still down there in that building, yeah, uh, on Woolworth Building and stuff, I remember that building. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, going up in there and and just talking, to, I I basically talked to a, a gentleman named Ken who's uh, back east now, um, and uh, talked to Susan and poof, wow, there it was. They had, they were like. Well, you know, you can do a mailing. <laughs> I was like, let's do it. You know? And then uh, Doug was there, still there at the time, and he was like, uh, yeah, why don't you be a coach? And I was like, I'd love to. You know? <laughs> so I took the training, and bam, the next thing you know, I'm a, now I'm a trainer of trainers, you yeah. know, of, of coaches. So. And so um, to, to those that are listening that uh, might not understand what coaches are, um, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Uh, they don't like this term. I love this term <laughs> because it's uh, we're sponsors on steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we basically guide and help. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, people through their recovery mm-hmm. and uh, whatever direction they they feel that they want to go, mm-hmm. we help support that. Okay. Uh, also, we're resource brokers. You know, that term. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've it's actually like, stole that from you guys for what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a vast term, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, and uh, I I I've used this term for years and years and years, uh, way before I was with uh, Foundations for Recovery. But and I I think it's cute because I hear <clears throat> more often now it's like I used to be a dope dealer. Now I'm a hope dealer. Right. You know and. <laughs> And it's like, and what's really cute is uh, when I got my new uh, email address, 
Rope put it on there. Uh-huh. Rowena put it on there. It's like uh, Hope Dealer. Because <laughs> <It's like, laughs> that's, that's, that's what a coach does. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, a true coach, uh, it just, they open their heart, you yeah. know. And uh, I've got people that I've worked with for years. You know, it's a 12-week program that we offer. Mm-hmm. and uh, But it's creating that relationship that transcends, you know, that that 12 weeks. Yeah. Sometimes it'll last years. Mm-hmm. But what a difference! What difference did that change make in your life? In other words, you went from having you know no hope of doing anything other than you know sticking stuff in the envelopes and mailing stuff. Away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. to doing <clears throat> some actual. Work that made difference. Not that that other doesn't make a difference, but it means a different level. I I, I, I get what you're asking, and it's like you know, like I said, I'm a man of faith. I wasn't I like I've I've told people before. It's like I lived 49 years of the world, literally of the world, and you know, following the wrong promises. And uh, but it was like uh, it. I could I could tell you. Uh, so I, I technically, I died at uh, Providence Hospital, and I was dead for a total of six and a half minutes. And uh, my experience, it wasn't one of those, <laughs> sitting at the right hand of Christ or anything like that, because I didn't know, I didn't know God, you know. He, you know, I kind of dabbled here and there, you know, with, the, you know, going to church and stuff, you know, only because that was asked of me. Uh, but um, it was <coughs> during that time it seemed like an eternity and it was the first time it was three and a half minutes and uh, and it was just black mm-hmm. and it was cool I mean like cold cool <coughs> and uh, and it just felt like forever mm. and I heard a voice and then that voice it just said this is not the path I set you on and it was that deep narrating <laughs> More you know, voice. <laughs> more like, more like it was it was John Houston, if you know who that is, yeah. you know that uh, you know the it just this is not the path I set you on, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> and then uh, they were, and then the next thing I I know I was sitting in a, a hospital bed, and that's when the doctor came in and said you will never work again, hmm. so it, I had. Uh, in my lifestyle and everything like that, it, it had damaged my heart and my lungs and, uh, uh, and, de- and shut down my kidneys and wow. all that kind of stuff. And it yeah. was just, I did a lot of de- internal damage. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so, uh, but to answer your question, from that point on, it gave me hope, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that I was doing his his will not mine and just living through all that but also finding that you could do the training the <coughs> difference that made oh yeah mm-hmm. well it gave me a path you know it it's like it gave me hope in that aspect it gave me it gave me something to do because mm-hmm. I'm not one of those kind of people I might look like it but I'm not one of those kind of people that can just sit around and watch TV. No. I've got to be doing something, you know. I've got to have purpose. Yeah. And my purpose, uh God revealed that my purpose was to be a part of other people's lives 
and lift them up and help them, you know. I mean, it's like I've worked with hundreds of guys over the years, and it's the one that gets me the most is uh, um, the ones that I don't recognize, and they say, do you remember me, mm-hmm. you know? I'll give you a prime example, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, So, uh, quite a few years ago, uh, I guess I sat down with this uh, girl and and her boyfriend, and uh, they were struggling with heroin addiction. Mm -hmm. And that's that's exactly, you know, kind of my forte was opiates and and meth, you know. Mm -hmm. But... uh, uh, and I was just talking to the <coughs> the two of them because they wanted to stay together. They wanted to do this, but they wanted to do the next right thing. And I talked to them for about an hour and a half, and I didn't even get paperwork on them or, you know, got them involved in our program or anything. And uh, about close to two and a half, three years later, um, there was a girl that came in to our training and uh, Susan and I were training her to be a coach, and she goes, "You probably don't remember me, do you?" And I said, "You know, your face looks familiar, but I couldn't, I I couldn't tell you why, uh-huh. you know, because I had that facial recognition right. type of thing. Yeah, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like I couldn't tell you their <laughs> well, name. Well, I could say that's never happened to me. I <laughs> know. I, I knew you were gonna say something like that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go no, there. No, that's great. I'm glad you did. But she just, she basically said, uh, yeah, you, you talked to my boyfriend and I. And uh, I said, well, how's he doing? And she goes, he's doing great. That's amazing. You know, and uh, they both had, you know, well over two years clean. And mm-hmm. here she was trying to get her PSS, which is peer support specialist mm-hmm. uh, certification through the state. And, and uh, she was taking the class and I was just, I was blown. Yeah. Uh, you know, the biggest thing is we never see, sometimes we don't see the flower after the seed, mm-hmm. but just planting that seed mm-hmm. and then later on, you know, yeah, yeah. sometimes you'll, I, I never do see, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of people that they turn out to be, but just knowing that I, I had a part in that mm-hmm. or, you know, Foundations for Recovery had a part in that or somebody had a part in that, that's... That just warms my Absolutely. Oh, sure. Warms my you, heart. you have every right to have yeah. your heart warmed like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that, you right. know, one thing I have to say is that um, I think you're hitting on something that's important, too, that in the work that we do, it's especially the, the people-oriented work where we're on the front lines dealing with addiction yeah. and homelessness and everything else. Yeah. That can burn people out. And sure, sometimes yeah. we have to remind ourselves of what you just pointed out, that yeah. sometimes it might not be a failure. We just planted a seed. Yeah. And we'll see it maybe maybe later on, maybe we won't. But yeah. we just have to focus on the fact that in that moment we're doing the work that we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and as far as <clears throat> burnout goes, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I burned out before, but um, self-care is a big thing, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like being able to step away, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I take this stuff with me, you know, every day I go yeah, home and I just, you, are. you know, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I live this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, and it just, I mean, and it's, but it's like, as far as burnout, I just, I, I do a really good job, you know, I'll pat myself on the back on this one, uh, of self-care mm-hmm. and uh, knowing and the knowledge, you know, that God has gifted me with, with something, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to sound you know, 
if the lack of a better term, braggadocious or anything like that. I'm not trying to sound like I'm all that in a bag of chips, right. but he has gifted me with something. Mm-hmm. And he also, in gifting me with that, he also gave me the knowledge of what I am, mm-hmm. you know, and how I can get through these days and stuff like that. There's there's days where I get a little, oh, woe is me, you know, but lift you know, he's lifted me up. But that's everybody. <coughs> oh, of course it is. Yeah, that's everybody. We all have our days. Yeah. <laughs> and believe me. You should have heard what Stan was saying to me earlier. It was bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you storytelling. <laughs> well, isn't that what we're doing? Is right. telling stories? Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> Way to go, Stan. Good job, Stan. <laughs> but, but, you know, really, so what you, you're, you know, what your, your trials and tribulations, and while they're not trivial, made a difference. And oh, yeah. hopefully they make a difference to all of us, our little, well, for lack of a better thing, triumphs and tragedies help us. You know, I always like the saying, what doesn't kill us make us less stronger. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, we all find that. Right. Uh, if we don't, then, you know, we we stagnate and we end up, you know, uh, I'm going to say this, on the dark side. Oh, yeah, 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 you, definitely. You know, because we know people. Yeah. That have never gotten out of their, solved their problems and have gotten the addiction. I mean, not that we never totally solve our problems, but I mean, at least we come to a realization that there's something more than the things that hold us back. Right. They don't have to be the things that hold us back. Um, I always love it, you know, being, coming here. On July 11th was a great step for me. I didn't know it at the time. I thought, okay, if this works, this is great. If it doesn't, we'll do something else or we'll try to do something else. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to go anywhere else. And I love it here. The people here have been been like family to me. Mm -hmm. And it has been... um, a great, you know, a great thing. I mean, I feel like we're all, I know this is, you know, we're all in this together, but I feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. so much fun to be a part of this organization. And uh, yeah. and I know that uh, I have a great, great, great feeling that I know I'll be here till late February, but I really feel that things are going at such pace They'll be here far beyond that time. We'll be shackling you to something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I I totally agree with you. You know, it's like finding a, it's it's part of the path that you know mm-hmm. uh, that I was set upon, and uh, uh, it's I I met Chad like six and a half years ago you know when I first started uh, working with uh, Foundations for Recovery is when I met Chad and I've just always you know he's always touched my heart and I met you what five years ago something like that you know six years ago 
and uh, and uh, it's like just the people that work with Rogue Retreat, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're not under the guise of Rogue Retreat, is mm-hmm. just but they work with them. Mm-hmm. That's that's a beautiful thing, you it know, is. especially in our community. You know, we need uh, so much in this community, and it and it's like, uh, but it's like the people that I have met since I've actually been under mm-hmm. a rogue retreat, you know, and stuff like meeting Stan and mm-hmm. and Sarah and mm-hmm. Rowena and all these people and everything like that, you know, and and well, I like to call her cousin uh, Crystal, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we have the same last name, uh-huh. and actually she has the same name <clears throat> as my niece. Oh really? Yeah, my niece is named Crystal. <laughs> oh, but it's it, anyway. Uh, but just the people, you know. It's like, like, like you were saying, Stan. You know, it's like you, you, you know, I, you've got this job until February, and even if you don't stay here, you still take. We're not going to talk about the. Internet. We are not. We are not talking about the even ifs. Yeah, okay. I will be here. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just saying, you know. No, we I still, know. We, everybody, run along, everybody yeah, has your heart. I know. You know? I know. I mean, it's like, uh, and, I mean, it's like, yeah. I feel like, and this is a weird thing because I don't know how to explain it, but I really feel like. I have a calling to be here. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, that calling tells me to get the word out to the community because it it can make a difference, Mm -hmm. not only in the way we're perceived, but in the way we're allowed to take our actions to the community and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that is the impact important thing making a difference yeah oh I, oh no now one of the TV stations is going to sue me because I said making a difference oh no I don't think so I get that I get that so yes. Scotty yes. I, I, one thing that I um, can't help but pick up on when you're talking is really the passion for what you have and I can't help but think that a lot of it comes from the lived experience that you had yes but then at that moment when you spent that six and a half minutes on death's doorstep basically and were dead mm-hmm. and you had that really what I would kind of consider a spiritual awakening that yes. kind of set you yes. on your current path. Yeah. That has to be impactful. I mean, that, I mean, just from listening to you talk, it comes across, I can see it. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine what it's like when you're actually, actually coaching somebody and engaged in that relationship that you get with a participant. What's it like to watch somebody have that light click on oh (laughs) that is the most awesome feeling when they have that aha moment Mm -hmm. you know aha you know (laughs) and i feel like a magician (laughs) (laughs) ta-da you know (laughs) okay i have to say this not only can matt see it but it's something even a blind man can see. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. you yeah. You, know, you yeah. feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You, you do. You totally yeah. feel it. You yeah. Know? And when they, it, it's like, those are the days. I mean, you know, how we were talking about burnout and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But when those situations happen, mm-hmm. uh, I got one guy that I've been working with for like four years. And uh, it's it's funny because, I mean, he'll, he'll get a little time mm-hmm. and then he'll he'll think everything's copacetic 
and he goes back to his old way of thinking and, and using and all that kind of stuff. And then he comes and sees me when his tush is hanging off, you know. And uh, I didn't want to get to where nobody, everybody went bleep. They, you know, I didn't know if you had that button standing. Yeah. Well, I could, I, could, I could bleep it later. <laughs> but uh, uh, it just, when it's hanging off and he's just like at, at death's door, mm-hmm. you know, he, he knows where to go, yeah. you know. And he calls me and, and I do the best I can for him. But... This last time, I say this last time because it's happened a few times, but this last time, he's got over a year clean now. And he's he's got a solid job. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his license. He's working, at, you know, like I said, he, he's got a solid job and everything, and he's, and he's constantly moving forward. That's amazing. But, uh, I mean, those aha moments, he had one. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, he had, uh, he... He had like two days clean, and we went down to detox because he needed detox, and uh, and we went there, and it was an aha moment in his book because in the parking lot, because he got turned away, mm-hmm. and in the parking lot, I just we said a prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, if this is your will, Father, just bring it to his door and 30 minutes after we left there we got a call and they said come back come back and that's when he had that oh my gosh he is listening he is he is you know I am in his heart again I'm a man of faith and it just went the way it was supposed to and uh, then he he was supposed to get a bed in the um, uh, the an inpatient facility here in town. Mm-hmm. He had a. He was supposed to get a bed, and they they said, "Well, we can't give you that bed because your ex is in here." And so we got him a place that he could stay until thirty days were up to when she would be out and he could come in. And uh, it didn't happen that way. And thirty days after, he was like, "Man, they don't have a bed for me." And I was like, "Do you really need it?" Right, you know, look at what you've done in the past thirty days. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've got a place. Going you've to got, meetings every day. <laughs> you've, been, you've been going to meetings. You've mm-hmm. been, you know, and I, I'm a, that's a big component mm-hmm. of recovery for me. Is is twelve uh, step programs are basically relationship programs. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have treatment programs. You know that they they go with the causality and the clinical. Mm-hmm. You know, the causality meaning you know, why are you using, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of stuff. But when you get into a 12-step program, it uh, doesn't matter if it's AA, Celebrate Recovery, Narcotics Anonymous, you know, or or DDA, which is Dual Diagnosis Anonymous, mm-hmm. or anything like that. It doesn't matter what 12-step program you get in. It it teaches you relationships. Yeah. And that is, it teaches you if you're willing to be taught, right? Exactly, exactly. But you have to have a willingness. Right. Every every one of these programs talk about well, willingness, that, open-mindedness. But the reason I point and, that yeah. out is that people think you just go through a program and have it, yeah. but it's more than that. No, yeah. it takes and a little it's, work. It's a daily process and of work. The really thing is. that I always think about is because I went I would always talk about this individual because I have a great deal of respect for the individual and he had an intervention 
the family performed an intervention, mm -hmm. and in his case, it worked. He went through a 12-step program, and I don't know how many years he has of sobriety, but he's, you know, he's continued that to this very day, and... I have a great deal of respect for what he has managed to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. in fact, I'll probably Dropbox him a copy of this. So oh, absolutely. Can, yeah, <laughs> so he can make sure he hears the podcast. Let, let him know that you love him. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is because yeah. the thing is, we through a series of events, we know each other on a different level than we ever would have when we were in school. Yeah. And this person had the, where he, he was, uh, he had a father who was a serviceman and thus had to be, you know, transferred from place to place to place. Right. So he did not graduate high school where we did. He graduated from a high school in Okinawa. Mm. Ah. And he's in Okinawa, you know, Japan, and then he was in um, Hawaii, stationed while there. So he didn't have the luxury of going to school. I mean, always when we did, and uh, we met each other in junior high school and had not been in touch for years. And then what happened was we had uh, we have a certain place in the town where I grew up that we always loved going to. So we have we call it a the Mecca is the name of this restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's a Mexican restaurant. And so we would have a get-together, and it was called a Mecca Madness event. And he was one of the people who went at one of the times, and we've all had a group of us that have gotten together or even kept in touch every year since that. And that's been several about twelve years ago, mm -hmm. if not more. So it's uh, basically it's a it's a gathering of reunion type of thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's it is one of those things where it's not the kind of reunion where you go and you get the high school where everybody's so I'm going to be seen, <laughs> yeah. and you know that 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 doesn't mean anything to me. If I go and I know people are there because they want to be there. That's a whole nother ball of wax. Yeah. yeah. And this group of people that we all did, in fact, I saw a, a bill that I had, you know, the way you, when I got my phone, I had to go get a new phone. So I had, I went down to the place where I grew up and I was visiting anyway. So I got a new, a replacement phone. And here I saw this date, and here I saw when we all got together, and then this is a nice thing to remember. But now back to your story. <laughs> okay. Um, if you could tell uh, any anybody you know who has felt like lost hope, what would you tell them to steal your? You're taking my line, Stan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what would you tell them if it if it was? Just a, a brief little... Yeah. Well, if something... If you had somebody that was out there that yeah. um, was might be feeling hopeless, that might be having the same lived experience that you had, or maybe something a little bit different, maybe they're experiencing mental health issues or what that might be, but they're feeling that place where there's they've lost hope, what would your message to them be? Stop. <laughs> Take a yeah. breath. Yeah. And know that I love you. 
you know, because I mean that's 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 the biggest part of it, mm-hmm. and just have faith in something other than yourself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because it's, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Like I, like I was talking about uh, all twelve step programs. Basically, what they are is relationship programs. Yeah, they really are being able to create a relationship with yourself, with your mm-hmm. higher power, and other individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's one of the biggest things that I I look forward to, yeah. is that relationship, because if just, but like I said, stop, take a breath, mm-hmm. and know that I love you. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. That's beautiful. You know? And you know one of the interesting things is the person I was mentioning earlier said uh, that his father-in-law once said, "Can you be by yourself and enjoy being with yourself?" Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big that's, one. That that's a big one. Yeah. That's you know that's I think that's why I'm so single <laughs> <laughs> because I, I I like hanging out with them. The best person I know, and that's myself. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we're not going to go there. Well, no, but Humility it, will be our topic yeah. conversation next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would like me to come back and talk about humility? <laughs> no, uh, it, in reality, though, it's, it's like if you can't, you know, like I said, it's creating that relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and with your, with your higher power. And with another human being, yeah. that's that's what recovery means. Because I mean, recovery. So addiction is basically separateness. You know, you you separate from everything. Uh, and I was just talking to a guy yesterday that came in for the first time, and I was doing a quick little intake with him and stuff. And he even he hit it on the head. It's like he would rather go home and drink mm-hmm. until he goes to bed then be in a relationship or go over to his folks place or do anything so he works drinks and goes to bed mm-hmm. you know and and it's like i know that feeling cuz i used to do the same thing i used to work use go to bed mm-hmm. you yeah, know and when we're in that addiction oftentimes we've isolated ourselves to the yeah. point where that's the only routine that we have yeah. is in that nobody sees it well, because I mean, a lot of times people don't want to be around you too. That's a point. Yeah. That's a point I mean, too. I, I know that was the case for my family, yeah, anyways. That, that's, yeah, that, with my family, it was like they didn't trust me. They didn't want me. And and just just to step back a little bit, talking about families, it's like uh, uh, my dad. Uh, um, just in the in the past few years of of this go around of my, my clean time and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, um, he since passed away just a few months ago, but oh, um, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, thank you, but you know, uh, just having that relationship built with him, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that when he did go, that it was like, you know, and my stepmom, who's just my angel, I just love her to death, and I hope you're listening to this too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, it's like. She said to me, I went down to visit, and and it's the same thing with my mom that lives here that I just got through seeing like two days ago, because she's been <coughs> a little ill and mm-hmm. stuff, but uh, everybody in my family just sees the difference uh, in me to where it's like, uh, before when I was clean and stuff, they were like, mm, they still kept me at arm's length because yeah. they didn't know, you know, 
But in the past six years, the person that I have become mm-hmm. is the exact person that God wanted me to be. Yeah. You know, you know, one, you know, Scott, thank you for that. Cause one of the yes. things that I wanted to, you, as you kept talking about also about the 12 steps being a relationship. Yeah. Is it's true. Um, it is. One of the things my sponsor used to tell me is that um, when you actually work the steps, not just show up to meetings and work the program mm-hmm. or in the fellowship, but actually work the 12 steps in your daily life, yeah. we end up with, an, even though we came into this with a bunch of problems, we end up with an unfair advantage over people that don't have the 12 steps in their <laughs> that lives. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. It's like, because I, I meet people that are not in a program and don't have a need because they're not addicts and alcoholics or, mm-hmm. you know, they're not in the addiction problem or mm-hmm. anything. And they're, you know, I'm using Normies. air quotes, normie. <laughs> I have never met a normie, you know, and, and they'll be talking to me and I will look at them going, you need to work a six step or right. you need to work a third step, bro. Like, you know, like, I got some fourth you step inventory work that would help you yeah. right now. You need, you need a sponsor and you need to work some steps, bro. But you know, some people go, though, some people go through a program though. And even though they go through a program, they really have it got to where they should be. Oh, that's true. I know people that have years and years clean mm-hmm. that still live in that behavior. I'll yeah. give you an know? example. Because as you know, I, 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 I've I talked about situations within my family. And uh-huh. My brother has had a, my brother, my late brother had a heroin addiction problem. Uh-huh. And as part of that problem, he and his then wife because I always used to keep my bills in a certain order, and now I knew where they were. And what had happened was he had caused me to doubt my own ability mm-hmm. uh-huh. to keep bills in a certain order. And so he said, no, no, they're not right. And so all of a sudden, I was ripped off by him and his wife. So translate... Trans- the, we will go up in time okay. to several years ago, about 2000. And I was showing him a little device where you put the bill in the machine. Now we have apps on our phones to do it, but <laughs> there were bills in a machine. A bill reader. <laughs> bill reader. And it said $20. You know, I verbalized that. And he said, you got that because of me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was not the least of my thinking, but he really hadn't he really hadn't gotten in real touch yeah. Yeah. with that and what he's still beating himself up in other words. Yeah. I think. That's yeah. that's when the eighth and ninth step come in yeah. come in to play. You know? And yeah. what I realized was that he never really got totally because I know after he got out of the program he was in, mm-hmm. he started using cocaine. Mm-hmm. Although the drug he Just, changed the drug. It yeah. was heroin first, now it's cocaine because first of all it was more societally acceptable, I think he thought. And the well, withdrawals didn't hurt as bad. When, when yeah. the first yeah. time the first time that I was introduced to Narcotics Anonymous, it was back in two thousand. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know there was you know, because I mean I was thirty six years old and I just thought this is the way I'm gonna live, this is the way I'm gonna die. But uh <clears throat> my uh 
transfer of addiction went to work. Mm. You know, I I became a workaholic and also a, kind of a womanizer. Yeah. You know, and uh, made them my higher power. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but uh, so I could I could see it. You know, the oh, why transfer you, of addiction. Why she why she used that uh, as many of the uh, you know staff meetings. And hearing people give you stuff, I wonder if it's still there. No, it's 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 a little bit still there. Okay, <laughs> but no, uh, uh, as as far as I can totally see, you know, transfer of addictions mm-hmm. is a big thing. That's like uh, so many people come in and and tell me, uh, look, I just don't want to do this, this, and this, you know, but I still want to do this. Yeah, and it's like. And my position, you know, as a as a coach is not to negate anything that they have going on mm-hmm. because you just want to be there to support them, right. you know, and anything that they see, you know, and make them, let them have it, you know, the the last word, the, the way that they see getting through it. And that's, that's part of being a coach, you know. Yeah, put them in the driver's seat. Well, I'm proud of you and what you've accomplished. Thank you. I think I appreciate that's that. very yes. important. I think it's probably almost a wrap. Oh, we're um, we're way over our time. Okay, oh, well, we better we stop but, here. Um, but, Scotty, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, because at this point, we could keep going forever. <laughs> oh, no, it'd be, like, it'd be like a Herald part, too. I don't want to do that. Oh, <laughs> Not that... Oh boy, that didn't sound come out right. But anyway, thank you for listening yeah. to this episode of the Finding Hope podcast, episode number 20. With that in mind, take care and have a great day, everybody.